Hello, hello, and welcome to the Outside In Radio Show with me, Amber. And me, Freya. Thanks for tuning in. Today's headline is about the Hartlepool by-election, and our key political concept is Parliament. And for our main segment today, Ruby and I are interviewing Dr Gammons, and this interview was recorded on the 12th of March. But first, our good news story, as always. Um, So a cave in the Judean desert, which is just south of Jerusalem, has proved to be a treasure trove for archaeologists. The cave was dubbed the Cave of Horror after 40 skeletons were found there in the 1950s and 60s, but archaeologists returned recently to ensure nothing was left that could be stolen by looters. Some of the artefacts found recently include fragments of parchment from a biblical scroll from the 2nd century AD, a collection of coins from a similar time period were also found, and even a mummified child that is thought to be around 6,000 years old. The Israel Antiques Authority, who organised the excavation, say that they are now the winners, as each artefact they find adds to the picture of their heritage and history that has previously been stolen by looters. And for now, for our etymology of the week, for this week's etymology, I thought I'd draw inspiration from today's episode. So I went for the origin of the word mare. It's from Old French, um, the word mare, which is the head of a city or town government. And this originally comes from Latin mayor, which means bigger, greater or superior. Okay, we're now going to move on to politics breakdown. I'm going to be reading today's headline. I'm going to do my best Ruby voice in her absence. Today's headline is the Hartlepool by-election. So in the UK, elections are usually held every five years. But when an MP steps down from the House of Commons, another election has to be held to replace them. This is called a by-election, and one is happening in a couple of months' time. Labour MP Mike Hill resigned on Tuesday and won an investigation into multiple MPs about sexual harassment. His seat, Hartlepool, is in the north-east of England and is located near constituencies the Conservatives won in 2019 after decades of Labour control. Mike Hill's majority was halved in 2019, so this would be a good seat for the Conservatives to gain in May. Local Conservative sources think they have a high chance of winning if the Brexit Party candidate doesn't stand again, as he took 26% of the vote in 2019. Labour has put up a new candidate, Paul Williams, a GP which may play well in Covid, but Tories are ready to use his record as advocating a second referendum. This will not be good for him in the Brexit voting area. The election is set to take place on the 6th of May, coinciding with local elections around the country, including the London mayoral election, which we're about to hear more about. Today I am doing the key political concept, and today's concept is Parliament. So Parliament is made up of two chambers, the House of Commons and the House of Lords. The House of Commons is an elected chamber which has 650 MPs, which are members of Parliament. They are the legislative body. This means that they shape and write the laws for the UK. The MPs are divided into two parts, the governing party and the opposition. So on TV, you can see that they sit on the opposite sides of the chamber. The House of Commons also has the executive branch of the UK, those in Johnson's cabinet, which has the authority and responsibility to enforce the laws which Parliament creates. The House of Lords is the second chamber, which, unlike the Commons, is an appointed body. Their primary function is to scrutinise the laws which are agreed upon in the Commons. 
While the Lords used to be mostly made up of hereditary peers, this is now limited to 92 by the House of Lords Act in 1999. So now they are predominantly experts in their field, as well as some politicians put in the Lords by the government. The reason why they are not in the Commons could be that they lost an election or retired from their main political life. There is much debate as to whether the Lords should be reformed or not. With the UK being a democracy, this comes into question when one of Parliament's chambers is unelected and therefore unaccountable. But that is for another episode. Wink! And now on to the main segment where Ruby and Freya are interviewing the UKIP mayoral candidate, Dr Gammons. Okay, we're going to move on now to our main segment where we're very lucky to talk to UKIP London mayoral candidate, Dr Peter Gammons. Hello! Hi Freya, hi Ruby. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest on your show. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for having us on. Yeah, it's a great pleasure. So would you like to explain who you are and why you're on our show? Yeah, I was invited to run by UKIP as their mayoral candidate and uh, the thought had never crossed my mind. But so many of us have complained about what's happening in London, the street closures, the fact that there's hundreds of roadworks that never get finished. Nobody ever seems to be working on them. Things that are things that are happening, for example, I very much oppose. Although, although I have a very strong green policy, I very much oppose people being penalized because they can't afford a new electric car and things like that. And many people feel that way. And so I'm running as candidate. And my policy, my, 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 my key statement is about people, not politics. I'm not a career politician. I'd never even thought about entering politics before, although I've run several successful businesses and, 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 and charities and various other things. But um, I really feel that uh, some the, the, the people of London, especially the working class people, need somebody that's fine for them. So I'm fighting for the cladding victims. I'm fighting for taxi drivers. I'm fighting for uh, people who I feel are discriminated against. Um, and uh, so that's why, why I'm, I'm fighting against what I see as the waste and corruption at City Hall. The contracts are being given out without going to tender. So, for example, if your parents have a business, they can't they can't get those because it's in my understanding, deals yeah, no, yeah. So, so I'm fighting against that corruption. I'm fighting against the cronies. I'm fighting against the waste. People, council, they put up the council taxes, ten percent. People can't afford extra costs at this moment. So I'm there yeah, fighting thank for you people. For that. I think so. What? Do, why do you think that UKIP's right for London then, as opposed to the other political parties? What can you bring to the table? Well, I think there's there, there, there's a number of things. I, I think that number one. There's not the cronyism that you have with Labour and Conservatives. They they all have their group of people that get the, the, the get the deals. You know, um, it's been very much in the news about the Conservatives giving out billions in contract to to donors to the Conservatives. As mayor, I'm not coming in with lots of people who are who are on the bandwagon and going to get payoffs. I'm coming in looking for what's best for Londoners, what's best for deals. I'll do deals with people if they were Labour, with they were Conservative. I'll, deals do, do, I'll do what's best for London. And it's quite interesting if you understand my political history. My mother voted Labour, my father voted Liberal, and my brother voted Conservative. So we, we, there was no stereotype thing. And so as far as UKIP is concerned, many people have um, strange ideas about UKIP. So because we're a party that believes in freedom of speech, we attract sometimes people who are outspoken on the left and on the right, but especially on the right. But they don't represent my views. I'm very much a centrist politically. Uh, the Labour and Conservative can vote for me because I, I, I defend the Labour and I'm more conservative than most of the conservative candidates. So 
right there in the center and to fighting for ordinary people, fighting for the working class who I believe have been abandoned by labor, who, in my opinion, tend to be controlled now by lefty extremists, small groups that are putting that are forcing policies on everybody else. And uh, the conservatives who, in my opinion, uh, there's too much of the cronyism, too many backhanders for, for, their, for their own supporters and things like that. And so I, I'm bringing a, sling, a clean slate to London. I'm not coming representing an established, a, a main established party. So uh, I think that, that, that I, I have a lot to offer to London. Okay, thanks. Um, originally, what inspired you to get into politics? Yeah, um, well, I was talking about the things that are going on here in London that I'm unhappy about, all the street closures, you know, the, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the low emission zones and things like that where people's streets are being closed without being consulted and now ambulances and emergency service can't go there, disabled people can't be picked up anymore. In, and and uh, there's changes going on all the time that I believe are not fair on the people of London. And they should be consulted before your street gets closed down. Now, they're not low emission because now people have got to drive an extra two or three miles to find a parking space and park on somebody else's streets. And so as mayor, I believe that the people of London should be consulted before decisions are made. Somebody shouldn't be forcing their decisions on them. And so very much as mayor, I'm there to listen to the people, to find out what the people of London want. What people in the street want. If the people in that street say we want this street closed to traffics and the owners and the people that live there all, all agree on that, well, that's fine. But I don't believe that politicians should be there to bully people or force their own views onto them. I believe that a politician and a mayor is elected by the people to represent the people. And that's what, what I try to do. So when I was asked to stand, I, I had to think about it. And then I thought, well, why not? I feel passionately about these things. So, so I'm going to fight for these things. I'm going to fight for people if they don't select me as mayor well that's fine but i've given them an opportunity to vote for somebody who's not a career politician uh, thank you for that i was wondering also what you were going to offer for the young people um of london you said that you were fighting for university students what have you got in store for young well, people that's right well what i've done well, what my team has started doing is con making contact with some of london's largest businesses and i'm looking to have a, a, a mayor's scholarship fund to try to cover the university. Uh, my goal is 40% of, of London's students' university fees, but I'm looking to raise money sponsorship from large companies. It'll be a win-win thing because they get the publicity that they're putting large amounts of money into it. And I can help cover as much as I can of the students' fees because it is a lot more expensive for, for most people, unless your parents live in London. And even then, it's a lot more expensive for people to be students in London. So my, my goal is to really help students um, some of the young people that are, are helping me. And I actually have a very young team that are working behind me. And, um, you know, their first question to me is, what are you going to do for students? And so uh, I think that's, that's very important. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is important to get young people engaged in politics. Um, my next question is, some people would say that UKIP is a spent force now that Brexit has happened since that was originally the party's main goal. So what would you say to those people? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's a fair comment, but UKIP has never been a one policy party. Um, we were the ones that were, were fighting for veterans. We're the ones that have fought for increased pensions. We were the ones who were initially fighting to uh, get rid of the television license, believing that the BBC doesn't represent a balanced 
and, and fair representation of events. We were the ones, if you get down to basics, that fought to have VAT removed from feminine products. So we've actually been a, are the common sense party in that we are fighting for what we believe the people of Britain want. And we're the ones who are willing to stand out for it. We fight for democracy. The Conservatives only won the last election because they took UKIP policies and defended. We were the ones who forced for the referendum so that people could decide if they wanted to stay in or leave the EU. And then we were the ones who put the pressure on to make sure that the will of the people and the vote of the people was carried out. And uh, I believe that now in standing as a mayoral candidate, because I'm fighting many other things for cladding victims, for, for, for uh, people who can't afford to just go out and buy a new electric car, they shouldn't be penalized for it, to freeze uh, council taxes and many other things. But I'm fighting for the ordinary working class people. Uh, it's just a continuation of what happened with Brexit. We're fi I'm fighting for people and for what people want. And I say here, if the people had voted to, to remain, I would have agreed with that because I'm fighting for democracy and fighting for freedom of speech. I have uh, um, at least 100 churches that have, have backed me because I'm fighting for their freedom because they're being censored today. Uh, the message is being censored today largely. Sorry, can you give an example about um, churches being censored? Well, for example, Stuart Freeman, who's the uh, chairman of my campaign, um, he, sorry, the agent, the agent for my campaign, he runs a media group called TMH and, uh, they're not allowed to put verses from the Bible, for example, or, or Christian quotes on buses or billboards or whatever. I'm not talking about hate speech. I'm not talking about nasty things. I'm talking about anything. Uh, when it comes to getting buildings, many of the churches have been blocked from getting them while other groups have been allowed to take them over. And so they feel that they're getting a rough deal in London. And, uh, I, I'm, I, so I'm fighting for everybody. I'm fighting for the, the faith groups, but I'm also fighting for the atheists. I'm fighting because I believe in freedom of speech. I believe in freedom of expression. I believe that, uh, that I, we, another thing about UKIP that many people don't realize is, number one, we're a broad party. So you do have some loudmouthed extremists from the right on it who don't express my views and my opinions. But you also have many moderates like myself who, who, who are, some people call me Tory light. And uh, so, so it's a broad party. But secondly, it, it, it's a, a party that um, is against strong government control. We don't believe that government should be controlling people's lives. We believe that uh, get, there should be minimum government involvement. The government has to be involved in things. I personally oppose lockdown and think that, that it's, uh, it's damaging young people's future. It's damaging their chance of good education. It's, create, it's ruining businesses. And uh, your generation are going to have to pay for the government's decision to lock the whole country down. Personally, uh, and right from the beginning, I've said very strongly, we must protect the vulnerable, but the rest of the country needs to be allowed to get on with its life, to get on with college, with university, with school. Uh, and uh, I think that the young people are suffering because of decisions I, I personally don't agree with. So. I, un I understand about, um, you know, lockdown with mental health and, you know, young people <laughs> suffering. <laughs> But do you not think it's important also to make sure that people are safe in London? Because it's, it's quite a big city. There's going to be lots of transmitting, isn't it? Good to keep everyone safe with lockdown. It depends how... Again, I don't have the latest figures. The last time I looked, there was no extra... Hardly any extra deaths to what there normally is at this time. The last time I looked, there was like 300 people had died of flu and the rest had died of COVID. So I wondered if they just classified everybody together. Of course, when these figures are given out, they're sometimes misleading because they say that people died 
not from COVID, but with COVID. So they could have died from a heart attack or anything else, but they're still grouped together in these large figures that are being put out. And so uh, only time will tell whether it's been a good or a bad decision. But the reality is the average age of people dying from COVID is over 82 years of age. Now, a few younger people have died and the media have focused on that, but it is not a great threat to the majority of people. I personally have the proof from uh, antibody tests that I had COVID during the summer last year and I never had a single symptom. I didn't even know I'd had it until I did the antibody test and found out I'd had it. And I but don't you think that's a danger if people don't know? If, they, if, they, if they don't know, then they're passing that on. Whereas in lockdown, then that helps people stay safe. If you were the mayor, would you would you push um, to have less lockdown policy? Yes, I, I definitely would. I do think, again, we need to protect the vulnerable and that, that's where we have to be responsible. But I don't think that the role of government should be to control everybody's life. Like it's... You know, uh, for example, the latest thing is that uh, they're going to allow pubs to open, but not to serve alcohol. I wonder if they're going to allow ice cream vans to go around as long as they don't sell ice cream. You know, I, I think that the government is 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 uh, interfering too much. I think the people need to largely be able to make their own choices. For example, if some if I was an old person in an old people's home, and I had the choice, did I want my family never to be able to visit me and perhaps to die having never seen my family again, or would I risk seeing them and dying? I think I would uh, take that risk. And so, yes, we need to be sensible. We need people to be sensible. We need, as I said, to protect the vulnerable, especially, and those who are in the high-risk cases. But uh, is it worth the cost? Have we considered how many people are undiagnosed, not being treated, how many committing suicide and all of these other things as well as the damage to the economy a third of businesses are going bankrupt because of the lockdown and things like that is the cost are more people dying because of lockdown than covid i think perhaps they are now uh again it's it's a government decision and not a decision of the mayor but i personally think we need to end lockdown i have friends all over the world and okay, friends. thanks. Can I ask you something else? Um, you mentioned that there are quite a wide range of views within your party, um, yeah. but do you think it gains your party votes to publicise people such as Katie Hopkins, who are members of your party that have been banned from Twitter for hate speech? Yeah, I can't speak for Katie Hopkins. I don't agree with a lot of the things that she says. and, and uh... You know, I'm, I'm not a personal fan of hers. She expresses the views of some people, but, uh, um, yeah, it's a difficult question. I, I can't account for what other people say. And, and she's not running for mayor. I'm the one that's running for mayor. And uh, as I said, I don't go along with her views. But Would we you be willing to take action against her if she, if she did something? Um, if she did something that I didn't approve of, I would speak out against her. I don't know what you mean by take action against her. I think within any political party, there are people who represent different views that other people don't have. Labour Party, for example, is the, the other than the the, the the British Nationalist Party, the Labour Party is the only party that that, that has been uh, accused of being racist by the European Court courts. Uh, I forget the, the actual title. I'm sorry. I'm not a professional politician. I'm I'm a person who's just passionate passionate about fighting for people, but um. You know, the anti-Semitism and, and, and racism, even the black MPs within Labour Party have said that, that, there's, the, that there's racism in the, the Labour Party. We have a prime minister who, who described black people as having picking any smiles and watermelon smiles. And, 
use the word Nigerian as an insult. So I think rather than just focusing on people within UKIP who have said things that, that are inflammatory, every party has people that the politicians wouldn't agree with things that they've said. And, and uh, so they're not running for mayor. I'm the one that's running for mayor. So if you want to find something you disagree with, people need to find out what I've said they don't agree with, not, not quote somebody else. Katie Hopkins has only recently joined the party. And um, she said things in the past that, that, that I'm very uncomfortable with. Uh, but um, I think that she's uh, been told that, that it won't be, you know, people are not going to tolerate saying things that are uh, racist or whatever other kind of things. Um, we have some aspiring politicians in our midst at school. And we were wondering, you know, as someone running for mayor, what are your top tips to get into politics or running an election campaign? What do yeah, you get, get, in, get involved at the ground roots. Discover how it's done. Get involved with distributing leaflets, with going to out on the streets. Learn, learn from people who are good at it. I guess my biggest piece of advice to budding politicians is to li listen to both sides. Because very often, especially sometimes with young people, they tend to get drawn to the, either the extreme right or the extreme left in their politics. And you need to study history. Politics tends to swing from the left to the right. It goes far right and then it swings over to the left. And, and I'm, a, I'm a moderate. I'm very much in the middle. And I think you have to listen to both sides of every argument and try and understand both sides of every argument rather than swinging to the left or right. And the question, question things. Ask questions. You've asked me good questions. And, and you need to, to ask politicians these questions. Uh, think is an important one because many people are brainwashed in school and university. And, and listen to what people say, even if you disagree with them. You know, uh, the Katie Hopkins thing is, is a prime example of what I'm saying. You know, she gets banned on universities, but surely uh, you have to listen and then challenge and question and disagree. Universities should be a place where every concept is considered, even if it's rejected as wrong. But once you silence people, you pave the way for extremists on the left or right to come along. And that's, that's a big danger. Uh, um, I believe in freedom of speech, even from people who I totally disagree with. And, and, uh, but once you silence a group because they don't, you don't agree with their, their beliefs or philosophies, you're paving the way for dictators to take over. And, and like you have, for example, in China, where, where the, on the streets there's riots and people are locked away and murdered and, and imprisoned for having a different opinion or for opposing bigotry. And, uh, yeah. um, another thing, so you have three doctorates, is that right? I was just wondering if you could tell us a bit about them because that's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, my first doctorates were from, in, I, I earned them from a university and college in Pakistan because I was working and teaching over there and holding things there. I was very, uh, moved to stand with what I felt were the persecuted Christians in Pakistan, and that's why I had my first doctorates out there. Um, my, my first one was a doctor of ministry. My second was a doctor of divinity. A doctor of divinity is given because of a review of the books that they've published. I've published, I think I have 64 books still in print at the moment, but I, most of them are small books. But I've had several books published uh, in Britain by British Publishing mostly on Christian themes. My third doctorate was from Canon uh, Theological Seminary, which later became Canon University, which is a U American 
uh, uh, college there. Thank you for that. We're going to start wrapping up now. So we just wanted to ask you about your your first actions you would do um, if you were mayor um, and your kind of lasting message as well. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is is, uh, oh, uh, is get the road roads open and working again. Because, I, for example, the other day I went across to Barking and uh, I must have passed uh, somewhere between 50 and 100 roadworks where roads are blocked off and nothing is happening. And then I came back at night time and still nothing was happening. And so we've got to get London moving again. I want to council. I want to freeze council taxes. I want to freeze congestion charge. Stop charging Londoners. I personally will stop the charge for people entering London. I think we need as many people back in the city as possible. And so, so um, those, those will be the first thing. The first things that I'll do. There are many other things. For example, you, we, we were going to talk about my policing and recruiting many more people, especially as I've said before, from from the black and Asian and minority groups, because I think that it's personally I don't think that it's right that you know three or four white police are searching black kids, and I think that the police needs to to reflect ethnically the the the, the group the, the residents of that area because otherwise uh, it gives extremists the opportunity to say that the police are our enemies, whereas actually the police, on, on the whole, are trying to protect people and save lives. But um, we need to fight against uh, misrepresentation. As I said, the same is true for, 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 for what we said about UKIP. There are many people in the party that support me and that are very moderates like I am. But sometimes, uh, because we believe in freedom of speech, it's it's the loudmouths or the the people who have more extreme views who 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 get to to leave that bad impression of the party. But actually, it's a very very broad party, and uh, they've got to be for them to have let me run for mayor. <laughs> and so, yeah. Well, I, my if, a lasting thing, um, my party logo, my party message is it's about people, not politics. I'm not running for a political party. I would leave my party if it stopped me from fighting for people. I'm fighting for Londoners. I'm fighting for ordinary Londoners. I'm fighting for people who I think are disadvantaged against. For example, uh, Labour told everybody to go out and buy diesel cars, and now they're, t now they're punishing people and, and they're having to pay extra money if they own a diesel car. And so I'm fighting for ordinary people, I believe, and I have strong, which you can see on my website, gammons.london, I have strong environmental policies, I believe, better than the Green Party. I'm looking, I'm working with groups for 10 new parks in London and things like that. But I think punishing people that can't afford, you know, I, I feel like Khan wants everybody to ride bicycles and we don't have the weather for bicycles. If you're fit, you can do it, but it's unrealistic. And and uh, he drives, swans around London in, in a five litre, three hundred thousand pound uh, Range Rover, while he wants everybody else to walk or ride bikes. And so I oppose that. I'm fighting for ordinary people. And I hope, even if I don't get mayor, I hope that some of the things that I'm fighting for at least will be picked up by other other candidates and other people, because uh, the people of London are worth fighting for. Well, thanks so much. This is really interesting. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us. Um, it was really good to talk to you. Thanks very much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Great. So now let's wrap up. Um, our shout-out for this week is Horrible History Club, my club. It's at one fifty in room 12 on a Thursday lunchtime for Year 7, so pop along for that. And tune in next week for an interview with Mr. P.S. about his poetry collection, Olas. 
Yep, and as always, follow us on Instagram, drop us an email or DM. Let us your let us know your achievements, big or small, and we'll shout them out on next week's episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.